1: just can't sit there and trade twos for threes you can't do it you're gonna lose coming down the stretch you're gonna lose
0: and more you won't find better coverage of spartan hoops than you will get here for both the casual and hardcore fan come along as we take you for a green and white ride hey everybody it's eric alongside rod here to talk about msu's 63-54 victory over the maryland terrapins at the breslin tonight well, my son ended up making the finals at his robotics tournament, which meant even with the late start, even later than it was scheduled at five thirty, I still was late to the game, and so I missed the first five minutes or so of the game. So we had to listen to Will Tiemann describe the action on the court. <laughs> Which How involved, was that? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people
1: dribbling around, a lot of dribbling around descriptors, but and I got the impression that- He got it. Yeah. He got a few, he got it, because they got off to a strong start. Right, because- you, <laughs> you missed a good opening.
0: Yeah, right. I missed the three, right, <laughs> from from Walker. I think Hall had a, a bucket or something. Well, they were uh, up 14-5. Oh, I was there well before then. I think I missed the first. Oh, okay. I think right. when I walked in, it was maybe eight to five or something like that, or okay. six gotcha. five. Yeah, so I, gotcha. I got, I, I made most of the game. Uh, so anyway, so we made it to a packed arena. It was, it was very impressive. It was, it was totally packed. Uh, and, you know, waited, waited most of the game for something to happen. <laughs> in fact, the wow. young woman next to me fell asleep in the second half. Uh, and I... <laughs> wow. I, I couldn't blame wow. her. Actually, her, her friend, she was, uh, I think, a college kid. And so anyway, so I was doing some like photo bombing. Her friends were taking pictures of her. It was kind of fun. Uh, and I accidentally woke her up and she, she felt... <laughs> She felt bad. I said, don't worry. You haven't missed anything. <laughs> so I don't know. I I don't know how to describe the game, except as like a rock fight interrupted by a sleep study um, until Michigan State went on that 11, inexplicable 11-0 run with about six minutes left of the game, and the game was over. It was kind of weird. Where Malik Hall missed a pair of free throws, then they got a tap out. I think it was Carson Cooper. It led to a yep. 1-1 chance by Hall, who buried both of them. I think Maryland came down and hit a couple of free throws, and then Hall hits a three. He gets a two and one, and... That was sort of the game, and then uh, the game sort of highlighted by Maryland being carried completely by Jameer Young uh, with uh, over 30 points, a little by Dante Scott, especially early, and really foul trouble keeping Julian Reese off the floor almost the entire game. I mean, he was completely ineffective. So it was a weird game, uh, but a win, and I guess, you know, ultimately that's all that really matters. It puts Michigan State above 500 for the first time all year in the Big Ten, which is kind of hard to believe. We're 11 games in. Uh, now they're tied for fourth at six and five. So, I don't know. What are your impressions of the game?
1: <laughs> well, I think you you described it accurately, and we talked about it in the preview. We said, you know, look, Maryland's only chance to win games really is to win ugly. Yeah, and their defense is good enough that they're able to do it often enough that they're, you know, they're a threat. They came in at five and five in the league, just like MSU. um, and they got the kind of game they wanted, which is very much to their credit, considering, as you say, how little Julian Reese was able to play. I didn't actually, I've had the box score for a while, but I didn't look at the... He actually played 14 minutes. It didn't minutes. feel like that, though. 14. Yeah, that's. but that's still, I mean, that's half <laughs> yeah. of what he normally plays, maybe even a little bit less than... He played 32 um, the first matchup, yeah. Okay, so there you go. So less than 50%. That's um, that's pretty crazy. And and I'm gonna I'll say this, I thought one of the biggest plays of the game came extremely early, probably in the segment you missed. I heard Matty because Michigan a, drew a foul, right? No, 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 no. It was before that. Oh, it was okay. the first foul. Um, very quickly. MSU got. I don't know if it was a off a steal or a long rebound, I can't remember, but A.J. got into transition, and Reese was the defender going with him. And A.J. played it perfectly, waited for him. Now, on the broadcast, they are talking about, well, he was conscious of Reese as a shot blocker. Yeah, that's true, too. He didn't want to get a shot block, but what he did was he very skillfully used his body to go into Reese, force contact, and draw the foul call. I think that was one of the most important plays of the game. And the reason why is it got him a foul almost immediately. Right. It came very early. And then, you know, as we talked about in the pregame, this is a player who has had a propensity for being in foul trouble. Yep. And because of the way he plays, he's a very active defender, but that means he's also tends to take risks, put himself in positions Where he can get a foul called and against him. And that's exactly what happened. Now none of his fouls were even questionable, by the way. They were they were all to my eyes very obvious. No close calls. He didn't get homered. He got his money's worth. He just, you know, the the offensive foul that he got called with eight seconds into the second half uh, for his fourth foul. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big one, too. But I I go back to the A.J. foul because that was the one that, no question about it, A.J. manufactured. Yeah, baited him into it. And, yeah, and and it immediately set the tone. If Reese is able to go, say, get to that first, you know, under-16 timeout and he hasn't committed a foul yet, it might be a different scenario, you know, but... That didn't happen. He got one very quickly, and that sort of set the tone with him. And I don't think. Well, I don't. You, all you got to do is look at the stats, <laughs> the numbers, including minutes played. He never got on track. No. Now, having said that, as important as that was for Michigan State, it was hugely important. Um, you got to give Maryland a lot of credit for making this a really competitive game, a more competitive game than I think the final score suggests. Oh yeah. Um, and. And that's down to Jameer Young, to a little bit of an extent, Dante Scott, but mostly Jameer Young and the way they defended. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two things, we said it uh, the, at the first game. We said it in the preview of this game. You should be saying it. Everybody listening to this should be saying it after this one. That is a very good defensive team. Yeah, They really are. They take away almost everything you want to do and Michigan State went through long stretches of that game where it found it very hard to create offense to run their offense to generate good open looks and that Maryland played the way they need to play even without Reese in there they need to do that defensively they need to control the pace make it a slow game and just ugly it up and figure they can win a rock fight. And that was their game plan, I'm sure. And they did a pretty good job of it until as you say Malik Call just took the game over. Yeah. And, and that was that was great. I mean, it was great to see it. Uh he only had 5 points in the first half, I believe. He ended the game with what? 17 or 19? 19. 19 points. Um, yeah, he had 14 in the second points. half. Yeah, and a lot of those came late at the free-throw line where he got off to a bad start. I think he missed his first yeah. three, and then he drilled eight in a row. That was big. Um, But I, I I just think he was the difference in this game. You know, Tyson Walker in the first half kept Michigan State's offense afloat, and in the second half, especially the last, whatever it was, six, seven minutes, it was Malik call. Yeah. And, and he was the difference in this game because when push came to shove and, and some big moments arrived, Maryland did not have an answer for him. And this was really, this is a game where he showed you the complete Malik Hall experience. He had his bucket in the first half, which was just an unreal um, play that he made with his handle to create space for himself off the dribble through traffic, going behind his back, and then rose up and hit I don't know, it was probably a ten footer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did that, had some post buckets, had some blow bys, hit a big three during that run where he took essentially won the game. Yeah. Um, was Michigan State's high rebounder, which I'm sure you're happy about. I didn't hit pick him, who, remember? I picked Akins. Oh, that's right. Who almost I was, was there? Thinking yeah. You would celebrate. Well, that's a shame. Um <laughs> He's he so heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, uh, led Michigan State rebounding. I thought, you know, look, Dante Scott played a good game, but not much of what he did really came against Malik. There were, you know, some of those threes that came on switches where Michigan State, the guy who switched on him, didn't extend yeah. the way he's supposed to, gave Scott a little bit more room than you should. Uh, I thought Malik played a really good game defensively, and he's been doing that without a lot of fanfare lately. Uh, and that's because he's not a guy who's gonna block shots. He's not a big steals guy. He just plays old fashioned Michigan State solid positional defense and he's switchable. He can guard a lot of different types of players. So hats off to him. He's the guy who won this thing with a big assist from Tyson Walker. And then, you know, also look, Maryland's not a very good offensive team that's putting it mildly. And we covered that yeah, in the pregame, right? But you still have to go out there and check even against a team like that. If you want to win a game. And I thought Michigan state's defense for the most part. Yeah. You could point to individual plays here or there where they didn't handle, they didn't handle a switch. Well, that was most of it actually was not handling most of the threes that Maryland got were Michigan state, not handling a switch. Well, uh, <laughs> But other than that, I thought Michigan State guarded pretty damn well too. Maryland's kind of the the standard setter in the Big Ten this year at that end, at least thus far. Uh, but I thought Michigan State was right there with them defensively. And and then the numbers say the same thing because I, I took a quick peek at Ken Palm before we started, and I believe they were up to number seventeen in the nation okay. in defensive efficiency after this game. So that's a pretty good number. It tells you something about the quality of defense Michigan State's playing, and, and I think after they had hit that period when Big Ten play restarted, where you know for maybe a couple weeks in January it felt like the defense had regressed. I think they're I think they're getting back up to where they need to be. I really do.
0: Yeah, I think you know one of the things you can really look at is is Dante Scott and his numbers. He was five for nineteen in the game, three for twelve yeah. from three. And that's largely Malik Hall, not entirely, but a, a large part is Malik Hall, and yep. uh, and Malik also had five field goals, but only on nine attempts, and one or two for three, right. and then he had seven of nine from the line. So I mean, yep. he was he was spectacular, and um, you know, I I think it's I know people continue saying because that's their first impression, you know, like the, the girl you meet for the first time, but really at this point you got to say he's been a consistently very good player down this. I mean, yeah, almost the entire Big he's Ten time- season since certainly since we come back.
1: He's having he's having a really good last year at Michigan State, and you know, we've seen many guys do this. We saw Joey Hauser do it last year. Um, I you know if you go back, and I'm talking about obviously not guys that were good their whole careers, but guys who had consistency issues. Travis Trice, really good example of it, where he just kind of turned it up. You could make an argument for both Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid mm-hmm. as seniors. Yeah, but by the time they were in the especially in the Big Ten portion of that last season, those guys elevated from, you know, good role players to something more than that, and I think that is what we're seeing with Malik Hall. Doesn't mean that he he might not have a rough game here or there the rest of the way, but I, I think I think you can you can look at the way he's playing his overall game and and see that he's solved most of the problems that people would scream about in years past. Yeah. And I mean, don't
0: low volume, but don't look now, but he's up to 33% from three now with his one to two. And I think he's well over 40% in the big
1: 10, right? In big 10. I was going to say, yes, his big 10 numbers are outstanding. Now, you know, Jim Camperoni made a comment about this earlier in the week, which I think there's some validity to, which is, yeah, Malik's, Malik's percentage is going up that's great what you'd like to see is maybe the volume a little higher and of course keep that keep that percentage intact with it right so today he was one for two that's actually progress because he wasn't he hasn't averaged two attempts that's more than his seasonal average of attempts from three on the year so if he was one for two in every game the rest of the way you would take it sure you'd absolutely take it Um, and, and so I think there's something to that. Now it's pretty clear to me that Malik is in a frame of mind that he is only going to take threes that are really open. Yeah. He's just not going to take many contested threes. It's just not going to happen. So that can make it hard to get more attempts up, you know, because then you're really, you're really waiting on just great shot opportunities as opposed to good ones. And uh, we'll see how that goes, or we'll see if maybe his confidence has gotten to a point that he's maybe willing to take shots with a little smaller shot window. Uh, but it's progress. There's no there's no two ways about it.
0: And then, uh, you know, I think A.J. largely played a really good game. I know he had eight assists, three turnovers. You know, a couple of those yeah. turnovers were, you know, fog out. I don't know what you call them, but they are bad. They're bad turnovers but i would say too yeah there was just your point about maryland being struggled defensively to try and get anything going you just try and i think put press a little bit harder trying to make that 95 percent pass or whatever to just to get something yep. going and and i think not only did he feel that but you know you saw that with trey too, a guy who' this season is not what really Trey was ball just over. gonna he had assists and three turnovers i mean <laughs> i think it's got to be the most turnovers he's had this season so they they just caused a lot of trouble
1: his turnovers were all really bad As were AJ's. They weren't like, okay, he traveled or he got stripped in traffic. They were, I'm throwing a pass 10 rows deep into the stands. (laughs) Both of those guys. And yes, I think you're exactly right. We've seen enough of them. We know they don't do that typically, particularly Trey. So what's the explanation? I think the explanation is exactly what you just said. I think that when you're playing a team that guards as well as Maryland does, you start pressing Mm -hmm. and you start trying you look at some of you know trey had one uh they both had one both trey and aj where they tried to go cross court and it's not to say that a cross court pass is always a bad idea because there are times where it's a skip pass you're skipping the ball rotation to try you know there are times when it's there but neither one of them were anywhere close and the fact that they were trying to make those plays suggests to me I would agree with you completely. I think they were pressing. And and you you're, you're going to press when you feel like you've been limited and everything's coming very very hard and so you end up trying to make the spectacular play. And that's what can happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I th- I agree with you. I think that's exactly the reason why you know, Michigan State where well, they have 12 turnovers today. Mm-hmm. That's a high number for this team. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But you know, but you have to two things to keep in mind. One, Maryland does force a lot of turnovers. They're actually better than Michigan State in overall turnovers. Right. Their two teams are pretty much even in steals, but you know what? Most of Michigan State's turnovers were dead ball turnovers. So Maryland was not able to get easy offense as a result of it. That's important. Whereas the other end, you know, if you look if you look at points off turnovers in this game. Michigan State had 15 off Maryland's 13 turnovers. Maryland had 11 off Michigan State's 12. Yeah, It's not a decisive knockout punch win, but it is an edge. Sure. Not as big as the one they had in College Park, but it does matter, and I think a lot of that was down to the types of turnovers. Michigan State's a little more came in the flow of play, live ball turnovers, Maryland's a lot of them were those plays we were just talking about where Michigan State throws the ball 10 rows deep.
0: And I thought, you know, Akins, although he compared to his performance in uh, the last game where he hit, what he was 7 or 10 from three, just, you know, kind of shooting out of his mind. One for seven from three, really struggled there. Uh, and then it was two for four from the field for twos. Still played a lot, uh, five rebounds, three of them offensive. It, it, so I thought he was very good defensively. I thought he was, despite his <laughs> uh, offense not working, I thought he was still pretty good.
1: I'm gonna. I'm You'll gonna. Disagree. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree on the defense. I thought Jaden played hard. I, the rebounding numbers were, were welcome. That was good to see. Um, particularly in the offensive end, where I think he can be a factor, no question. Uh, but his defense was not consistently off. It couldn't have been the way Michigan State defended. Nobody could have been that bad. But I think he was. There were a couple of those possessions I talked about where Michigan State didn't handle screen and roll with um with yeah. Young very and, well. Yeah, Young and there was yeah. one in the second half. It was actually it was a big play because I'm trying to remember who hit the three. It might have been I think it was Scott after a Tyson. Well, no, after a Tyson three. Oh, I want to say young. put Michigan State up six. Yeah, Young came down. No, no, ahead. I'm saying for Michigan State who hit it. I think it was Tyson. Yeah, you're right. Hits a three mm-hmm. to put Michigan State up six. Yep. Um, or maybe it was Malik's. So I can't remember which. But no, it had to be Tyson. It was it Tyson. To Tyson. It was it Tyson. In the come in half, run. yeah. So Tyson hits a three to put him up six. And, and watching that game, I just, there were a few times. It's funny. Maryland only led the game, I think, for less than a minute. So not much. And it wasn't tied. I don't think it was ever tied after 0-0. Um, if it was, it was briefly. But Michigan State never got a working margin established. It was a really weird game in that way. In that that lead was just, you know, three three to five points for most of the way. That was a moment where it felt like Michigan State, and there were a couple of other times too before they finally actually did it, Where it felt like, you know what, if they get one more stop and a bucket and get this thing to eight or nine, that could be enough to push Maryland over. It just felt that way to me momentum-wise watching it. And that that sequence was another example. Jaden, I don't know what he thought he was doing. He was at least 10, 15 feet away from Young when Young got a wide-open pass on the sideline for an easy three that he hit. And it just sapped all that momentum. And New York, okay, now we're back in a one possession game again. Yeah. You know, where where if you just play steady defense, you got a pretty good chance at getting a miss because Maryland was not shooting well. Even Young was not great, even with the streak he went on late in the game. He wasn't he wasn't dominant that way. He had to take a lot of shots to score those points. Uh, but so that was disappointing to me. And then there were a couple of other times where I didn't think Jaden did well enough getting over the top. Um, and was late recovering to a shooter. So I, I don't think it was his best defensive game. Obviously, he was not dialed in from three, but I do think he played hard. The offensive rebounding was a sign of that. And the buckets he did hit were big ones. Yeah, They were important. That three he hit in the second half, Michigan State had gotten off to a terrible start shooting the ball from deep in the second half, and they needed that. In fact, I believe it was well, I, I don't remember, maybe one of three that they hit in the second half, but um, that was important. He had another uh, he had another important bucket in the first half where he got a... Uh, I don't remember whether it was an offensive rebound, but he was very patient in traffic and managed to put it up and score inside, which was not an easy thing for Michigan State to do today. They They had a lot of layups not go, and I think part of it was maryland's physicality and part of it was concern about maryland's shot blocking uh, but michigan state was not great around the rim but Jaden did make one of those a uh, nice calm collected play so not his best effort but you know they'll they still won yeah for sure and uh then finally you know
0: maddie sissoko and carson cooper splitting the time almost completely evenly in this game and they both sort of did different things Carson was much better rebounding. It's sort of, um, especially in the offensive end and that big one off that f- miss free throw. I think that, I'm pretty sure yeah. that was him tapping it out. Uh, you know, Imadi great defensively, especially early. He got that extra, that got, I guess uh, the second foul against Reese. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, played pretty well. I You definitely see his limitations and it'd be certainly nice. He's Jackson got out there a little bit just for a few minutes, uh, but it just became a bad matchup when you had Geronimo playing the center. It actually, it, it, it was actually really kind of tough. Maryland, by yeah. taking Reese reset of the game, they played with they played kind of smaller, and it almost made it harder for someone like uh, Jackson or, you know, well, basically Jackson to play out there because he almost needs a
1: regular center at this point to play against. Uh, I made exactly the same point on the Spartan Mag board. Somebody was asking, why didn't Jackson Calder play at all in the second half? and my response was, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that in the second half, as opposed to the first, when Reese was sitting, Maryland decided to go small ball. Yeah. So they had Geronimo and Scott, and neither of those guys is a great matchup for Jackson Kohler right now. You know, and and Michigan State, unfortunately, um Cohen Carr is not, I think, proving to be trustworthy enough just yet defensively, where you'd feel good about going with him. going small ball to try and counter it with he and Malik let's say so the choice Michigan State had was really and and this was not a game for Xavier Booker believe me Uh, he would have been stuffed in a locker by those guys (laughs) those guys are those are grown men that that were playing for Maryland inside even with Reese sitting and and so I think they had to do that but you know what I think overall Michigan State made the best of that if you look you look at those guys for Maryland, you know, Dante Scott, 13 points, 10 boards. But as you said, five for 19 from the floor. Geronimo had 6.6 boards. That's decent. That's decent play. So those guys got some things done, but they didn't dominate the game. And and I think that's the important part. I thought that was Carson Cooper's best game in a while. Yes. I don't know how long. For sure. I, if you look at the total things he did, so six rebounds, four of them offensive. He had three blocks, yeah. so he made an impact there. Um, and he only scored two points, but the bucket he scored was a really nice catch of a pass from AJ. And and then he, co- he collected himself. Reese was actually in the game when it happened. Yeah. And went up strong and finished. So that was a good sign. It was a, a nice, you know, for a guy who gets dinged for his, his hands, um, it was a nice play with his hands, to catch that ball, bring it down, get control, gather himself, go up, and finish. That was really nice to see. And again, the rebounding and the defense that he played, he made an impact there as well. So I'm happy for him because I think he needed a good game. Um, you know, Turning just quickly to, uh, to Jackson Kohler, he only played four minutes that came in the first half. But um, nice to see him hit probably about a 12 to 15 foot face-up jumper. It, yes. It used every bit of the rim. I was going to say the entire rim. That's <laughs> what good shooters do, right? Yeah. It looked good. Um, I mean, it
0: looked pure when I saw yeah. that, and I was surprised he the even rim. And
1: yeah. even the one he didn't score on was actually a good move. He just missed the shot. But, um, you know, flashes again from him. And we'll see, you know, this next game coming up at Minnesota, might offer some more opportunities for him because Minnesota more consistently goes too big yeah they did it a lot in their game today they went over Northwestern so right now that's where I think Michigan State feels comfortable playing him is in in a where he's not going to have to guard somebody significantly smaller significantly more athletic so that's going to mean there are some matchups that allow for him. To maybe play ten minutes, and then there are other ones like today where maybe it looks more like four, you yeah. know. Um, but but encouraging stuff from him with that with that jumper because, you know, if he can do that, now you're talking about a guy who give you scoring at different levels. It's not even just low post stuff.
0: Yeah, and I feel a little bit more confident now with Cooper, especially today. He looked a lot better moving on the perimeter. I mean, there are times when he he got a little. I think it was a, like a switch late where someone got a three. Um he and James yep. sort of had a mix up and he I, was think was, part, I think Cooper's supposed that. to get out there. But anyway, I mean I think yeah. he, I feel more comfortable with him out there guarding someone like Adante Scott. Like I don't think he's um. Well that's h- why hopeless. he played. Yeah, well yeah, right. That's why that's but, why he played and Jackson and, and Book didn't. Right. But I think we're I think we weren't sure what was gonna happen early this season. And I think the last couple times it was a little questionable. But now I felt like it, it there's clearly going to be this is a strategy from with Kohler back now Michigan State has more options, assuming yep. foul trouble stays you know as it is just to go bigger smaller and you know makes Absolutely. the team more versatile
1: right it's kind of it's kind of nice and, and I will say this on the Kohler thing because this came up on the the Spartan Mag board after the game, um, uh, in response to that poster I mentioned who asked why he didn't play mm-hmm. I will admit when Michigan State was going through a drought offensively and that point that Maryland took the lead 42 41 yeah I being honest I did have the thought boy yeah they were still going small you know they're kind of filtering Reese maybe in and out a little bit but Mm -hmm. they they were still going small I had the thought well I wonder if they could try to steal a couple possessions with Jackson just to get a couple buckets to get the offensive rhythm reestablished because it was really rough and it was right at that point that I was thinking that that Malik Hall took the game over and made it move. <laughs> it just didn't matter, yeah. But it did occur to me that, boy, I, I know why they're, I think I know why they're not playing him, but, you know, might this be a time where you say, you know what, we'll live with the defensive issues in order to try and get ourselves reestablished offensively, but it didn't come to that because Malik Hall ended up doing that for them. Uh, but, yeah, and then I guess the other guy we haven't we haven't really talked about at, at any length and should because he was the second leading scorer in the game. I'm sorry, t- jointly tied for high score was Tyson Walker, who you know, <laughs> 19 points. But here's the important part to me: eight for 16 from the floor overall. Yeah, two for three from three and 33 minutes. So we didn't get a chance to talk about it because. It came up in a Tom Mizzo press conference after we recorded the preview. But Tom Mizzo told reporters that uh that earlier this week that Tyson had been battling a groin injury. Yeah. And you could see it in that Michigan game when he would go over to the bench, you could see him, you know, getting some treatment, doing something. He was having issues. And he had been on like a three game run where his shooting was not up to his normal standards. Right. Well, he didn't, I didn't see him, at least to my eyes, I didn't see any occasions today where it looked like it was bothering him. And the shooting numbers were right back where you want to see him. So I think that's very important for Michigan State. Very, and he played 33 minutes on top of that. Right. I had a very tough defensive assignment because he spent time as one of the guys who was guarding young. So he was asked to try and do a lot there as well. So this was a high and as we talk about Maryland defends defense, hell out of you, they're very physical. So this was a high impact game for him. And the fact that he was able to produce that well, play those kind of minutes and not show, at least to my eyes, any obvious signs of anything lingering. Um, that's a big deal. All right, well, Michigan State's player that needed to keep in
0: the gutter brought to you by the brothers Jesse Gutters was Jameer, yeah. y- Jameer <laughs> Young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, if you've got problems with your gutters or not sure, if you have some water issues maybe in your basement, maybe your gutters are leaking, maybe there's some problems with your downspouts, check things out. It is time for the snow melt because uh, we still have some snow over here on the side of the state. But you want to make sure that's all taken care of. It's not a glamorous job, but there are people who actually find the work uh, very glamorous. And <laughs> those are the brothers who just your gutters. They can take care of you whether you're on the west side of the state, whether you're in the metro Detroit, the east side of the state. Uh, they are there for you. They can repair the gutters. They can replace them. They can clean, just clean them out. They can put the leaf guards on if you're tired of getting a ladder and doing that very fun job of cleaning out your gutters. So they'll come out in any weather right now. They'll come out and do it. So check them out. Uh, it's a good time to get it taken care of before with the spring rains come in a couple months. Uh, you can contact them by going to support page at the final fours on the schedule.com slash support. And there you can click on the link for either the, uh, Kurt and the, on the East side, or sorry, on the, in the West side and Greg on the East side of the state. And they can get you that, uh, free estimate for you. All right. So the player, I needs mean, to keep the gutter. Like I mentioned, Jimmy young who had only 31 points on nine of 22 shooting four for 12 from three. So about his average of 33% perfect from the line with nine for nine, four rebounds, two assists and two turnovers with a steal. So, I think we can fairly say he, they did not keep him in the gutter since he had half their
1: over half their points. They didn't keep him in the gutter. That's for sure. (laughs) I will say this. Um, the nine for 22 and the four for 12 you can live with, you know, he didn't get crazy hot. He wasn't just torching them. Now, as opposed to that first game where they limited him to four free throws, he had nine in this one. Yeah. So that that tells you that, you know, the field goal numbers aren't 100% of the story here because he was able to get himself into traffic, draw some fouls, get himself to the line, and, and obviously impact the game from there. So, yeah, you certainly can't give Michigan State a plus here. <laughs> but I would say this wasn't... An ultra ultra efficient game from him. He was really their only consistent source of offense, as you say. So it felt like that. But if you look at those shooting numbers, you know they're they're not terrible in terms of what Michigan State gave up. The free throws mitigated some. I'll admit to that. But um, we've seen. I'll put it this way: I thought AJ Storr played a better game. Michigan's uh for Wisconsin against Michigan State than Young did even though store didn't have quite as many points I think he had 28. yeah it was a much more efficient performance here's the other thing too only two assists yeah mm-hmm. half his average and what that Maryland as a team had eight assists so what that tells you is, Michigan State's defense forced Maryland really into making a lot of one on one plays. Yep. That's what this game devolved into. Now they're not a they're not a share of the ball team the way Michigan State is. So that number isn't um perfect in terms of a corollary. But when you have eight assists and thirteen turnovers, that's indicative of a problem. That's indicative of a Either you played very badly on offense or more likely the defense contributed a lot to that. And I think that was the case. The the important part there is that, he, yeah, he was a scorer, particularly in the second half, but Michigan State didn't let him create for anybody else. It was pretty much in the second half, it was a one-man show.
0: Yeah, and I felt like largely... They did a very good job of keeping him out of the lane. I yeah, I recognize he he had seven free throws in the second half and two in the first, but he did not really like t- completely punish them getting to the rim that often. I felt I, I don't know if the, I don't know how you feel that way too. I know he got a lot of points because he was the only one doing anything because basically
1: he just had the grenade every possession. Yeah, I I don't think look I, I I don't think he twelve of his points came from three so between threes and free throws 21 of his 31 yeah so that means he only had five baskets that were other than that and i'm with you i didn't think i didn't think he dominated the game going off the dribble um that's what i mean like you 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 can't say michigan state really locked him down because clearly we're (laughs) miles light years away from that but I also don't think, I really don't think they did a terrible job with them. There were individual plays, as I said, my biggest complaints in this game with the way they defended him had to do with occasional breakdowns in in um, screen, screening coverage. Yeah. Where they either went under and didn't recover fast enough to, you know, so he had a good look, or the one where it was just blown coverage entirely and nobody was within you know, I think it was Carson recovered to give a, a quarter contest <laughs> against him, but it wasn't his responsibility anyway. It was Jaden. So, um, yeah, not as terrible. You know, you see 31 points like, wow, that guy st- put it to you. And he did kind of, but I feel like he had to try and do a lot to get those points. Yeah. Yeah, he had to really earn them.
0: So then, moving on to the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids, it brings us the Michigan player that cleans the glass the best. The Squeegee Squad, well, they clean the, your glass best. They can do it to your house, your high rise, if you're maybe your business. They even clean the Capitol. So if you need your wa- your windows cleaned, even in this weather, even in the spring, maybe it's a good time with all the stuff that's accumulated. They can go in the house. They'll take care of your inside your windows, the windowsills, the screens, which are super important to be able to see out. Uh, they can also go and power wash, which again. I cannot imagine power washing in 35 degree weather, but they'll co- go out and do it. So <laughs> you can get a free estimate from the squeegee squad of Grand Rapids. And Grand Rapids is a very big Grand Rapids area. So I would just contact if you're kind of in the, on the edge uh, and see if they want to come out and take care of you. Uh, you get 15% off. You mentioned rebound. When you get your estimate, you can find contact information at the support page at tfins.com slash support. Uh, so you the, it was four to three and a half. You had a half a rebound lead on me this uh, going to the game, you picked Madi, I had Jade Akins just because I wanted to do something different, and Akins had a good performance. He had five, Sissoka only had three, and uh, and Malik Hall finished with seven. So I for a while there it was six. Hall had six. I thought because Cooper had six, Hall had six. I thought. Man, if Akins gets six, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna get win a third of a point. I mean we're gonna this is gonna be very really right. complicated to try and do some serious fractions, but didn't end up that way. Uh but overall uh, Michigan state I thought did a really good job. Well, that good. I'd say they did okay uh rebounding today. They out rebounded Maryland, which they did. They were, I think, minus fifteen last time, and this time they were
1: plus six. Well, we'll talk about it more when we get into the keys, but I I think despite the way it may have appeared to people watching it, when you drill down and you take a look at the totality, Michigan State was much better as a rebounding team in this game than they were in College Park. Yeah. And it's because, well, we'll, we'll go through it in a little more detail. I think the bottom line is this is one of the rare occasions where neither one of us has won. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, and and I think you know the the key there too. I think was you know you had the splits first half and second half. In the first half, Maryland was doing pretty well on the offensive boards, and the second half, I should say, pretty much closed the door on them. So that was I think one of the why it felt so bad, just because it didn't start out well. There were a lot of missed threes, yeah. and, you know, stuff, and they were getting these long rebounds. Uh, so finally, we'll go to uh, the five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. As you may remember, Nudge Printing are the ones who have our apparel store. So that closes on Monday at 8 p.m. So the February 5th. So if you want to get logoed apparel from for Tiff Nuts, all kinds of things are available, quarter zips, both ladies and men's, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, full zip hoodies, uh, and let's see, t-shirts and a tote bag. You can get all kinds of things. Head on over to nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS, or you can go to our support page and then click on the Nudge Printing Apparel store for Tiff Nuts stuff and that'll take you to uh to the store. You can get all that stuff. It's all just at cost. We're not taking anything. We just want to make sure you guys get have an opportunity to get cool stuff. And again, it's the same high quality nudge printing stuff that you get uh that you get with super comfortable, very wearable, wash it very washable. I mean, I love the stuff. I'm gonna actually order some more too myself. So I'd encourage you to do the same. And there's you know, if you're not a Michigan fan, in your life that want some stuff that maybe they've got another school that they support. They even added the Hoosiers, although I'm guessing this is probably not a good time to start pushing and, you know, moving Hoosiers <laughs> gear, but you know, nudge will be ready when the Hoosiers bounce back. So maybe you've got a Hoosier you live with. So maybe it's a good time to buy something for them too, or any other schools in Mich- state of Michigan outside of the Wolverines. All right. So the five keys of the game, the first one, defensive rebounding, uh, as I mentioned, Michigan State out-rebounded Maryland overall, Maryland had eight offensive rebounds in the first half, four in the second half. They ended up with a thirty-one point something percent uh, offensive rebounding rate, which is okay. Uh, on in contrast,
1: which is not part of this, but Michigan State with 40%. Yeah, and that's why I say this was a vastly different story than the first game. And the reason it was vastly different is Michigan State came to play on its offensive rebound and its offensive rebounding component. Um so again, it you give up 12, and as you say, especially when a lot of them come in in one flurry, uh it feels really bad. But when you look at this game as a whole, Michigan State hunt in there. I yeah. mean it would look there's no question. they benefited from Julian Reese sitting for sure because we saw in that first game Julian Reese had six offensive rebounds. He's a monster on that end. And despite the fact that Jordan Geronimo, I thought, really gave them a boost, you know, and you can argue he had five offensive rebounds himself. Yeah. Would Reese have had more than that? Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. But um but I regardless, it's all part of it, you know. The foul trouble is part of it. And and you still have to perform. And Michigan State, I thought for as bad as 12 fields, the number to keep in mind is that 31%. Yeah. And the truth is, that's well below Maryland's seasonal average. And it's kind of a rerun of the first game in that respect because Maryland yeah. did nine offensive rebounds in that game and it felt worse than it was. I believe their rebounding percentage was very similar.
0: Yeah. They in were all in the second half of that
1: game, I think like eight in the second half it was, or something like that. It was, but it was, it was just for the game, it was just this side of just the plus side of 30%. Yep. So you can't say Michigan state completely shut them down, but Maryland did not dominate the game on the offensive glass. Michigan state. Meanwhile, had, I think one of their better offensive rebounding performances in, um, in a while.
0: Yeah. Maybe since Baylor,
1: I don't know. Yeah. could be because they really went out. You know, we talked about Carson Cooper grabs four of them. Um, Malik Jayden, Hall yeah. had two. Jaden Akins had three. Yeah, so they got contributions from a few different guys, and and that's a big deal. And you know, if you look at at what it all meant in terms of actual point production, Maryland on those twelve offensive rebounds only had six second chance points. Michigan State's thirteen offensive re- or no twelve offensive rebounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Michigan State's twelve offensive rebounds. Generated 11 second chance points. Mm-hmm. So they were, MSU was actually plus five in terms of what those offensive rebounds meant from a point production perspective. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't think you could say definitively, hey, job well done, but job decently done, at least. And again, as you said, we didn't talk about MSU on the offensive end. Michigan State only had two offensive rebounds in the first game against these guys. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily expect this, but the fact <laughs> is they did it and it actually was a big contributor to the win.
0: Yeah. It's funny because in that ga- in the game today, just, I think, because both teams were pretty ineffective scoring, <laughs> it felt like the offensive rebounds, yeah. neither, neither were that if, if, uh, you know, important, but I, I mean, to your point, it just kind of, it even things out, but, um. I don't know. I mean, it was it was impressive, and obviously the one the big one that got that run going for Michigan State that was that was a game changer. So, uh, moving on to the second key of the game, defend without fouling. I think you know here again, Michigan State you can consider this a win. Yeah, Jameer Young big. got there nine free throws and he was nine for nine, and Maryland was thirteen for thirteen. Even Reese hit both of his uh, both of his, but yeah. that was it. I mean, they had they only had thirteen <clears throat> free throw attempts. Uh, you know. Malik Hall had 11 on by himself, so the, I should say it was 11-16. Uh, again, more free throws attempt than Maryland, like just like in the first yeah. game, which I think surprised us then, and it surprised me to happen a second time.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a very important part of the defensive story for Michigan State. For the second game in a row, really an outstanding job keeping Maryland off the foul line. Now, this is another area where you could say, well, Julian Reese sitting as much as he did probably impacted things. Yeah, that's fair to say, although he wasn't in consistent foul trouble in that first game, and I believe he only had three attempts. Yeah, not many in no. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had two in this one. So um we don't know how it would have played out from that in that respect, but I know what happened over the forty minutes. And this is a team that I believe averages twenty five free throw attempts. Per game, I think that's their average. So last time they held them to below half of their average. This time, um, maybe just a tick over 50%, but still really good job, even with Young getting nine attempts. I mean, that is impressive stuff. Yeah. For Michigan State. Um, to do that twice against a team that by design is looking to force you to foul them.
0: Yeah, and I think we talked about it before. Maryland is sixteenth in the country in free throw attempts per field goal attempt So obviously that right mean, so the fact that Michigan State held solo few attempts is really great. Uh so the third key to the game was the turnovers. And this is one that, you know, Michigan State dominated the in college park. They had yeah. an eighteen to eight edge. This time I think it was pretty much even. It was thirteen for Maryland 13, 12. and twelve for Michigan State. Yeah. Uh so I'd say, you know. I guess you could say it's a win that in fact he didn't lose that uh, but it wasn't an edge either way which is
1: which is important. But um again I turn to points generated from those possessions. Mm-hmm. Michigan State had a 15 to 11 edge in points off turnovers. Not huge. Not nearly as big as in the first game. But 4 points and then you put that together with what was the edge in second chance points? Yeah, so it was eleven five, to, five, I think, <laughs> it was eleven to, eleven to six. Yeah. So that's nine a nine point differential for Michigan State in rebounding and turnovers in terms of the point production from there. And that's the margin of victory. And what was the spread? There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's my point. Yep. I think that obviously the 12 turnovers here were not ideal. I did not think Michigan State, we talked about it, their their point guards kind of struggled a bit um, at times because of the way Maryland was defending and so that cost that certainly cost MSU some possessions. The good news was those weren't live ball turnovers. Right. Uh, defensively you know Michigan State wasn't great i it didn't seem to me watching it in terms of forcing live ball turnovers but you add it up yeah seven, seven of their 13 were steals yeah so and some of those did lead to points you know mm-hmm. so that was that was an edge and michigan state and maryland are very similar teams are almost identical in terms of uh their steal percentage msu had a seven to five edge so it's it's not that they had a knockout punch, but you start adding up these small margins in a couple different important areas, and you get to nearly a double digit win when you when you put it all together, and you get the complete picture, right? Yeah, well, and I, and I think you know part of that
0: was impressive with AJ was, although he had some of those turnovers that were you know head scratchers. He did have a number of steals that were really great plays. Like I think that one he had late, where yeah. he ended up laying it up, but he had one early where yep. he deflected that it. Was and Jade a great got play. it, and then he got the. Then it went back to uh, AJ, who then threw lobbed to Carr car on the break. So they definitely made yep. some hay with those steals, like you said. So it was, you know, in a game like this, every little bit of edge, if you just add a few of those up, it becomes enough to to win a game, and that's that's what that, you need to do. That- that late one you
1: mentioned was really big because I believe that pushed it to ten. Yeah, that kind of finished the game right and there. And that was just sort of right. That was just sort of the at yeah. that point. That was the end, and and it was a great individual play by him. Um, so yeah, so they didn't they didn't force as much from Maryland in the way of mistakes maybe as in the first game. I mean Jameer Young had seven turnovers. If I remember yeah, correctly in the yeah, first he game, he only had he only had two in this one. So. MSU wasn't able to get to him in quite the same way, but still, I think I think they did the job.
0: Fourth key to the game was tempo. Uh, Michigan State had a big edge in the first meeting of 14-3 to three in fast break. This time it was 4-4, four to four, which pretty much yeah. I think it described it. I mean, Michigan State was not able to get much tempo. They had a at least one, maybe two 30-second uh, violations, and so shot clock, you know. Uh, but I would say... My my impression was that it was just it was fluky that first half in College Park more than anything. I mean, this is kind of what the game we expected yeah. in College Park, and so that I think, yep. you know, I don't know. I mean, it was they weren't able to get the tempo they wanted. I guess is the answer. So they didn't they, they, they didn't succeed not.
1: there. Yeah, it's look, it's hard to play against a defense like this. It just is, and I know people don't want to hear that. They want to they want to believe that everything is under Michigan State's control, but. You know you look you look at one telling number is um, the assist to made field goals right and I'm doing some quick math here 14 to 24 14 Michigan to State. about 24 58 percent of its made field goals were assisted now that's not a terrible number but Michigan State I believe averages it's either 63 or 64 percent yeah probably so what it tells you is Maryland, made them a little more limited <laughs> a little more <laughs> limited in terms of the way in which they were able to run offense you know mm-hmm. and and I think I think that's to their credit I think Michigan State it was very very hard for them to play at the tempo that they want to play at because when you got a team that's got you know, when you look back at it, I, and I think back to the majority of that game, it is remarkable and a hell of a statement from Malik Call that he was able to get the kind of production that he did, um, given the way Dante Scott was guarding him in the post. Because Dante Scott, for the most part, was incredible in his post denial. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they were tough. They were tough on AJ. They were tough on Tyson, you know, and it's not an excuse, but it also needs to be acknowledged that part of the reason Michigan State wasn't able to play as fast as it would like to. And again, I'm not just talking about transition. I'm talking about the way they run their sets is they would get into things and Maryland had taken it away. Yeah. And so you got to go back and you got to reset and, you know, that can take a toll. On guys mentally that oh and then you got to go back in and 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 try to figure it out and get a shot generated with a lot less time um available to you so i give maryland credit for that most of the time when michigan state doesn't play fast i tend to think it's michigan state's fault mostly Mm -hmm. yeah some of it was michigan state's fault today but I think it's fair to give Maryland's defense some credit for that because they just take away so damn much. Oh, even out of the, way
0: on the perimeter, like they're out, they're out. Yeah, five feet beyond the three-point line,
1: after challenging handoffs. It's terrible. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Just, just to execute a simple handoff every time Michigan State put the ball in one of their fives hands, I held my breath <laughs> because of the aggress. Normally, you don't as much because. You don't see teams defending quite that aggressively, but Maryland does. That you're exactly right. They made every pass was tough, and so when that happens, that's going to have it's going to have an effect of slowing you down a bit. Yeah, I think that's fair to
0: say. Well, and I think especially the fact that Reese wasn't out there. I mean, he plays out, but not as much as not as uh, in your face like Geronimo. So Geronimo really. Yes. gets it. and so he makes all that even harder. You got a good harder. point
1: there. That's a really good point too, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, again, I'm not trying to argue that Maryland was better off without Reese. On uh, in, in aggregate, they're clearly not. But one way that it makes them maybe even tougher. Now, you could a Maryland fan could say, "Yeah, but if Reese is out there, we don't give up 12 offensive boards." Maybe so, maybe so. But in terms of the possession to possession, five on five defense, I think you're exactly right. I think with Geronimo, they were just able to switch. They 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 were able to extend pressure much better than they would be because that's, you know, Reese is a, he's an aggressive defender, but he's not that aggressive. They don't have him typically out 20 feet from the basket trying to do things, yeah. you know, whereas with Geronimo, you can. So I think that's an important, that's a good point. And so the fifth and final key of the game was offensive balance. Uh,
0: this is one that uh, you know, inside out, I think, you know, Michigan State was able to do that. They could, they could got stuff generated, but I mean, everything was, just, was, uh, was hard. <laughs> so, which is partly because the Terps just do a good job of, of preventing that from your any sort of flow.
1: They do. And, and they were, you know, Michigan State for the game. Let's see. They were 50% on twos, 20 for 40, which against this team is not bad production. Uh, points in the paint. So that's a subset of your two production, because obviously you could have twos that are fifteen foot jumpers. Sure. Um, but Michigan State outscored them thirty to eighteen in the paint, which isn't terribly surprising given that Reese sat as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, good to see. And I think when you look at at Michigan State scoring essentially half their points was thirty out of sixty three in the paint that's pretty good. Now, what I don't think it did is it didn't create the opportunities from three that I'd hoped for. Because when we talk about this, it's it's really two components. The first component is obviously, well, if you're getting a lot of point production in the paint, that means you're scoring in areas that should be efficient shots, right? right. And that's a good thing. But it also should force, if you get enough of it, should force the defense to be a little looser on the perimeter, which means you should be getting better quality shots. I'm not going to say that Michigan State didn't get some good looks that they missed because they did, but the fact is they only got 14 threes up. And I don't remember them passing on a lot of good looks that they just didn't take. Yeah, maybe Malik. I don't remember that happening a couple times, they, but that's m- it. Yeah, but that's, again, I, I don't even necessarily count those because sure. his his evaluation of an appropriate shot window is different Yeah, than a lot of other guys. Um, and the defense knows that too, by the way. So I, I, I think, you know, we talked about Maryland is actually, it's a funny thing because by percentage, teams have actually had a good deal of success against them from three. MSU did in the first game. MSU was plus 40%. Mm -hmm. They just didn't take very many. They only got up 16. I think they were seven for 16. In this game, they only got up 14. So it was even better. That's where Maryland excels, and you could see it in this game. They just don't give you much. Yeah. And so even though Michigan State was able to be productive from two, uh, at a decent clip, it didn't have that that add-on effect of also making things a little easier on the perimeter because um, that just did not happen.
0: Yeah, I felt like, you know, Aikens, one for seven, but six of those were really good looks and he just missed them. And Holland missed at least one that was that... That ones you expect him to make at least you know half the time, and they just they weren't when they were open. They still weren't even hitting them, and it's, it, it felt a little bit like a Syracuse game in some respects. In that you know, where you even
1: when you finally get it open, you just rush it to some extent. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I and I, I'm not inclined to go back over it again. But <laughs> I, watching it live, my sense was that you know there are open shots, and then there were open shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I mean by that is. You know, yeah, most of your shots are not going to come with a guy draped all over the shooter. Those are very rare. So then it comes down to, well, what actually is that? When I use the phrase shot window, I'm sure most of our listeners know what I mean, but what I'm, just in case, what I'm talking about is the amount of time that you've got to get the shot off before there's a legitimate contest from the defender. So is that a second? Is that half a second? Is it second and a half? whatever it is, and I think Maryland actually did a pretty good job at limiting those shot windows mm-hmm. enough that I'm willing to give them at least a little bit of credit for Michigan State's subpar shooting performance in this game. Not all of it. Some of them were probably shots that Michigan State should have hit, and Akins in particular had a couple like that. But I do think some of the other misses were actually – They were they were decent contests. The shot window was not where you would normally like to see it, and where Michigan State normally does see it, because I think that team just they are locked in enough that they are reacting to it, and they're able to recover to shooters and maybe rush you just that extra half beat. Yeah, you know that's enough. It's enough to you know shooting is one of the real epitomes, in my opinion in athletics of a rhythmic activity and so anything you can do to take somebody off rhythm even just a little bit can have an impact and I do credit Maryland with some of that I I do think that's fair Um, not the entirety of it but some of it well the win which
0: is a gritty win which is actually uh, I think one of the most impressive things that this is a team that did not seem to really be bothered by when even Maryland came back and I up. hardly coming back it's You're like exactly slow. right it's like it was in to maryland just like maryland a turtle's pace where they finally caught him and passed him just temp just briefly no sense of panic i mean the team seemed to just take it in stride and there was not it was i don't know i just was impressed with how they responded which you'd expect from a senior team that's had success uh, but still they were able to do it and it, again it's at home so it's different than if you on the road. But a tough win, a tough team to play, a team I'm glad we don't have to face again, hopefully. <laughs> uh and so right. uh you know, two wins in a row now, heading to on the road where I mean a- every game on the road, barring maybe Ann Arbor, <laughs> is a tough place to play. And so even in Minneapolis is not going to be easy, as Northwestern found out today too. So uh, but it's an important win to start separating from the rest of the pack here and hopefully now tied for fourth, me just say you can keep climbing up and get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament.
1: Do you <laughs> Can you believe that that's uh, that's six straight for Michigan State against Maryland? No, I, I always say that too. That's that, the last, yeah. That's the last three years now. The last three years, MSU has has won six straight, and you know, this was from the point Maryland joined the conference. This was a tough rivalry. Yeah. I mean, Maryland Maryland tagged good Michigan State teams with losses. I remember Cassius's senior year they came into East Lansing mm-hmm. and, and beat Michigan State. And then, of course, Michigan State was able to return the favor, um, but uh, maybe like a week or so later. But, uh, you know, they it's, some of those teams that Mellow Trimble played on were very difficult for Michigan State to beat. Um, they, you know, they, they were not an easy match for a while, but to a 6 straight against them is, I think that would surprise a lot of Michigan State fans. And, and every one of them before today was, I believe, a five-point or less margin. So this is the first time in that streak that it got outside of that. And, and again, anybody who watched the game knows this really wasn't a nine-point game. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> this was another one very much like those earlier games where it was, it was possession to possession for about 95% of the game. And as a, again, it's one of the more remarkable things to me is that Michigan State only trailed, they were never tied on the zero-zero, 0 and they only trailed for, I believe it was less than a minute. 13 seconds. Of game time. 13 seconds. They trailed <laughs> for 13 seconds. So Michigan State led for 39 minutes and 47 seconds, right? And yet, I'd say what thirty-seven of those minutes, thirty-six. It was a five-point or less margin. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it just kind of it just kind of hung in that that three to five range for forever. Yeah, and and part of that was because both teams had trouble sustaining consistent offense. So nobody ever really went on a run where they're like, "Hey, I've scored you know seven possessions in a row." You know, that was not happening. It was much more disjointed than that. Some of the credit to the two defenses, some of it to the offenses not playing as well as they'd like. But pretty remarkable. And I and I would say this about what winning games like this says. Yeah, you can say uh, you were a home team. You're supposed to beat. You're favored by whatever it was, five and a half, six and a half. Um, you're supposed to win that game, blah, blah, blah. The fact is, we saw Michigan State in November and December lose very competitive games. Yes. You know, the loss to James Madison, which was at home, a very competitive game that they didn't make plays in down the stretch to win. Neutral court losses against Duke and Arizona, both games, they were right there, had a shot late after bad starts, you know, recovered in the second half, had legitimate chances to win those games. And didn't make the plays when it counted most. Mm-hmm. I would argue the game at Nebraska was like that. Um, really, of those first five losses, the only one that wasn't was the game at home against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and then in Big Ten play, you know, um the the loss at Illinois, very much this kind of game. You know? Michigan State, if you look at it, has not played very many tight games now people can argue and say well the minnesota game ended up 10 but it really wasn't that kind of margin okay fair and that's the same thing today yeah. but I, I still think it's a sign you can't take it for granted and it's a sign of progress a sign of growth that particularly against this kind of team that this is the furthest thing from a free loosey-goosey kind of game <laughs> yeah this was every possession was a war, it was slow, it was in the mud, and you just had to fight through it and find your way to the finish line, and Michigan State did that. Don't just shrug that off and say, well, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. No, I don't accept that. That's that's a sign of progress from a team that you can talk all you want about the experience and everything else, but they haven't done it that much this year because they the, the situations, most of the situations they've been in where that was, you know, late game plays were of a heightened importance. They failed. So to do it positively, and the game at Maryland is another example, one of the few other examples too, I guess. Yeah. We should mention that. But recently, you're seeing Michigan State start to figure that out a little bit, it appears. So that is another positive step in this team's growth, and you can't, you shouldn't discount that.
0: All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I want to remind you again to head on over to our support page there. You can get access to all our sponsors to the show, Nudge Printing, the Brothers of Just Two Gutters, the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. Also, our affiliate deals with Element Rehydrating Drink and the Podbean. Also, you can get to that store that has apparel. You can head on over to nudgeprinting.com slash to get that store as well. We can get a, pair, a logo to apparel. And finally, you can get an autographed copy of Coach Garland's book, A Goji, and you can get that linked in our, our page, the support page as well. Also, ways if you want to support the show financially, you can do that either on a one time gift via PayPal or Venmo or on a recurring basis on Substack or Patreon. So until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.